Tiger Ooch Podcast. All right, welcome. Now clapped. Um, I would like to just start off by telling you that the reason I've been so quiet is because I'm hungover and I'm fucking tired. Um, the night before last, <laughs> I got four hours of sleep because I went and saw Spider-Man No Way Home. And uh, nobody else has he seen it, so I haven't been able to talk about it, and I'm fucking going insane. And he then, desperately wants me to go see it, even though I haven't uh, seen the second one yet, and I'm not nearly as much as a Spider fan as Mr. Tiger here is. Hey, by yeah. the way, welcome to the Tiger Hooch podcast. This is the Hooch. And this is a Tiny Tiger. Um, oh yeah, baby. Today we're going to be taking a, a journey through, uh, what what is it? A journey through time, time and, and space. space. <laughs> you have to do it in like that '90s like video announcer voice. Today. No, I'm doing um. Go. I'm, I'm talking about Mighty Boosh. Space. Oh, Jesus Christ! Come with us now on a journey through time and space. It's a good song. It's a good good intro. <laughs> it's a good show. If you haven't seen yeah, it, so, I watch mean, it. Oh yeah. So so yeah. Essentially, uh, you know, we wanted just a kind of a fun topic. This is something that I feel like always comes out when you're like sitting around a campfire or you're drinking with your friends you get that real like big philosophical discussion i mean you're looking up at stars and going man will we ever go out there uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today will mankind ever progress beyond the boundaries of earth and make it to the make it to make it to outer space will we continue to exist and explore the stars or are we going to die i was talking to Corey this morning and I told him I was doing the podcast, and he asked what the topic was, and I said, will man ever reach the stars? And he said, well, I'd like to give you a comment. No, we won't. <laughs> that's all he fucking <laughs> said. <laughs> uh, so, uh, that's his opinion. He's probably, yeah, he's probably pretty accurate in that, more than likely, the way things are going nowadays. I, You know, I'm, I'm a bit of a fatalist. I, know, I have to tend to agree with him, but I have hope. I have hope that we'll get I don't there, know. We'll, because we'll, I am a yeah. huge sci-fi nerd. I love watching sci-fi movies. You know, that would be, you know, my greatest adventure. I would love to go out and, like, see another planet, see see outer space and see what's Ooh, out there. Here's a question for you. Would you go knowing you would never come back? You know, I've asked myself that question. And it now that I have a wife and kids, you know, my priorities in life have shifted. Probably not now, but if I was single, absolutely. See ya, see ya bitches. What I'm if you out, could take I'm them gone. with you? Yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> although, although my wife is uh, deathly afraid of space for some reason. I guess maybe for the same reason that I don't like deep oceans. It's just fear of the unknown. Yeah, so well, it's also be as into that idea, but I would love to do that. Absolutely, spend the rest of our life traveling the universe and seeing what there is to see. Well, it's uh, also yeah, it'd be great. I mean, it's not just fear of the unknown, but it's like that. Um, what's the word for it? Introspective kind of like thinking of how small you truly are compared to the mass of existence out there space and the ocean are both in that in that realm where it's like the fear of this giant mass of unknown not just like you know it's the same thing as fear of the dark absolutely I yeah it's, i mean it's just fear of the unknown that's the best way to put it Absolutely. It's the same reason I feel like a lot of people are afraid of death. You don't know what comes afterwards or if there is even anything afterwards. You know, but space is just so infinitesimally big that we can't even hardly fathom it. You know, if we can fathom it at all. I don't know if we actually really, truly can. You can get kind of a general idea, but it's so big that it's, you know, there's just no way of knowing what's out there. So it's a, 
it is kind of harrowing for some people. To me, that's exciting. To me, that does the opposite effect for some reason. I don't like deep ocean and knowing what's swimming underneath me. But outer space, man, the fact that there's just so much out there and we don't know what it is just makes me want to know what is out there. Yeah. It's more of a it's more of an awe than than a, a worry. Understood. So I mean, yeah, like you said, your buddy there, your buddy there, Corey, he he doesn't think we're gonna get there. Did he give you any reasons as to why? No, his only comment was no, we're not. Uh, real quick, before we get too far from the introductions, I would like to mention Ooh, that uh, in the yes. Tiger Hooch fashion, we are drinking, even though we're recording this in the morning. And as I mentioned, I am hungover, so this is my favorite hair of the dog type of situation. Uh, we're drinking some Bloody Marys today. Damn straight. We got some Bloody pepper. Marys. I've got mine garnished with some bacon, which has disappeared now into my drink, as I realize, and I have no idea where it is. It's probably all broken up in the bottom, but it's going to be delicious. So. Oh, yeah. Wet bacon. It was crispy when it went in. It'll probably be right. I've got <laughs> pepper lining the bottom of my glass. I poured my Bloody Mary into a glass. I, I got the Cutwater Bloody Mary, which has two shots of Cutwater vodka and uh, some Bloody Mary mix in a can. Um, it's a four pack. I've never tried it before. Uh, it's very sweet, sweeter than I thought it would be, um, and, and kind of tangy. Um, definitely spice, but it's it's pretty good. I'm enjoying it. It's very um, intense for sure. But yeah, there's pepper lining the bottom of my glass. Every time I take a drink, I just look at the speckled <laughs> bits and the that all sank to the bottom. Yeah, I'm using this um, stuff I just found at Walmart of all places. It's Mister and Mrs. T made from scratch Bloody Mary mix, and it's oh, I've had that before. Good, I really like it. Yeah, I've had Mister and Mrs. It's T. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Absolutely. Well, uh, so now let's go ahead and dive head first in there so i mean he doesn't think we're gonna make it and like i said i'm kind of a fatalist i think that's quite possibly the truth you have to do the fact that humankind now has uh seven or eight billion inhabitants and with no signs of stopping we're in constant turmoil with each other we have the ability to wipe ourselves off the face of the planet at any given time if we so choose that's we true but i mean i disagree but we'll get we have, to it we we put no emphasis on sustaining our future instead we're putting more emphasis on what we can get now Oh, you know, I mean, I think the possibility of a massive war that kills a large majority of us is inevitable, you know, and I'm just wondering if I'm going to see that in my lifetime. Again, I'm a bit of a fatalist, and I hope that I'm wrong and that we kind of figure a way to overcome it. But, you know, uh, what's that movie with um, with the alien that comes down and he's here to wipe out the human race because he's going to... You know, they say something along the lines of, um, "What's the what's the actor for John Wick?" God damn it! What's yeah, his Keanu name? Reeves. Keanu Reeves, yes. Close uh, Encounters uh, of the Third Kind, right? No, 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 no. Uh, this is a different movie where he, you know, he's an alien. He comes down to Earth, and you know, they've got like this giant metal robot, like destructo machine thing, and it's fucking everybody up. And his whole race sent him there to wipe out humankind. Oh, the day the Earth stood Earth, still. Yes, that sounds right. And you know, and the, it is uh, right. the I whole it up. point is that humankind is ruining the earth, and there's a there's a severe lack of places in the universe like that, and so they come to wipe out the human race. Well, at some point, one of our scientists is able to change his mind by saying, "Hey, you know, you know, species evolve when they're pushed to the brink, and you are robbing us us of our chance to do that." 
So I'm hoping that he's right with that. When we're pushed to the absolute breaking point, the brink of extinction, that we will change our ways. Well, I mean, that's something that, that Star Trek touches on. Like, it, Absolutely. Th- yeah. We didn't get to the point where we had the Federation and all that stuff until we got to our breaking point. You know, things were really bad before they got better. And then we des- right. well, designed replicators and, you know, post-scarcity socialism well, is uh, the way of the future, man. Yeah, but I mean, uh, you know, in Star Trek, though, like the breaking, there is it, they are at a breaking point. They're at a point where like human human population has dwindled due to a major war, mm-hmm. and then you know, Zephram Cochran invents a warp drive, and he happens to test it out right as some Vulcan ship is passing by our 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 Earth. So they stop by to say hi, and it's the all of a sudden knowing that there is in fact other life out there. There's an existence of somebody else. That pushes humankind to work together and become one, one, you know, unit, for lack of a better word. Um, yeah. But even so, gotta, that's the point. You know, that's their, that's their, that's their, their push to evolve and change. So I'm hoping that we get that point. But it is kind of things look bleak right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we're at here at the end of well, 2021, yeah, and we've got the COVID crap. The we've thing. got all the political crap. We've got constant discord among people. Um, you know, there's all kinds of you know, war and conflict all over the world. And we're on the edges of major wars with like China and places in the middle East. And, you know, and there was all kind of cyber warfare going on. I don't know. I have a feeling that unfortunately just due to our nature, we are violent by nature (laughs) that will, um, that we'll probably end up killing ourselves before we get too much of a chance. But, you know, I I mean, I don't disagree people out there. Yeah. There there are people out there trying to push for, you know, moving forward into exploring our universe. Because, I mean, even let's say let's say we find a way to not kill ourselves. If we don't go out there and explore the universe and find a way to colonize other planets, we will eventually cease to exist as a species. Just even due to the fact that our sun eventually will supernova. It will eventually die and then we can't live here anymore. So, I mean, that they're saying that's, you know billions of years down the road or whatever or even a million years i mean that's a long time but it eventually will happen yeah um, so if we don't colonize somewhere else our species will die so that's our only chance if we really want to prolong the human race uh that's what we have to do we have to go to the stars well i gotta tell you i mean so, uh part of me really just hopes that the day the earth stood still kind of thing happens and some alien shows up and says you're fucking it up and destroys us partially because I would love to see the end of the human race. I think that's just a fascinating concept to like know that this is the end. Uh, but also because we are fucking things up. We are, you know, you know, we we are using the resources that are provided to us uh, by the earth. So absolutely. Yeah, I don't I mean, think it's a bad plan by any means. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely I, I feel like, you know, a good chunk of people need to die for us to be able to make it. Unfortunately, again, I'm a fatalist. Mm-hmm. controversial opinions but uh <laughs> you know there are people like I said there are people out there that have that same viewpoint and are doing things about it specifically you know we everybody knows elon musk and his thing with spacex if spacex yeah. if you listen well, to his interviews this is what he talks about that humankind has to get out and colonize the stars for us to exist and he's doing everything in his power to take those first steps and get to mars which is that you know a yeah. first stepping point well we'll, we'll get to elon and spacex and stuff like that when we talk about like the reality of space travel for, for now let's uh, let's focus on 
the fantasy of space travel, which has been around, I mean, since at least, you know, like like the 60s, sci-fi got really big and uh, was a very major concept of books and, you know, literature and stuff. Mm-hmm. So... Well, I mean, it's been it's around been longer a, than that. Oh, much, I mean, much but longer, that, but that's it really became when... became much, much bigger. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's really when it blew up, like, you know, the, the 50s and 60s and thinking about <laughs> flying cars and all that shit. Um, so, so the science fiction version of space travel, we have a lot of different things to pull from here. You know, we have a lot of sources. Yeah, we have a lot of different methods. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of different, like, methods in sci-fi movies of how... You know, our ships can get from point A to point B very quickly. Because as of right now, you know, we don't really have um, a great way to get that. Like, uh, let me see. I had to, I had some. Okay, here we go. So our best current technology, as of right now, if we were going to put a ship in space, we can move at 4.5% of light speed with our best nuclear-powered engines. That's the best we could possibly do right now. If we were and to go take, at light speed, take impo- Yeah, it would take impo- It would make even going to like our nearest solar system off of Centauri. Um, that would make it pretty much impossible to get there within like a single human lifetime. Like we'd be having a ship that would have to have multiple generations of people on it just to reach there. So, um, there's. Seven Earth-sized planets around a nearby star called Trappist Negative One, or just Trappist One. Um, that closest thing there is 39 light years. So, with the Voyager going out right now, um, it would take 685,000 years to get there. Um, yeah, and I mean, and that's you know like just, just the closest. Even- Earth-like planets out there. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's well beyond our means right now. But at the same time, you know, revolutions happen all the time. Like, if you'd have told, think about the internet, you know, if you'd have told anybody back in the 90s that in the future you'd be able to download an entire film within minutes and have it at your, you know, on your device, in your pocket, they would have been blown away. You could have it on demand in your pocket. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, exactly. You can stream (laughs) it. Without the slow buffering that the 90s internet had, you know, where it would have to, like, buffer your video for five minutes before you could watch one minute, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, mean, there's... there's, Progress quickly. I mean, we've only gone just a little over 100 years from the invention of space travel to... Or, sorry, the invention of, sorry, flight to fucking space travel and, yeah, and carrying an entire, like, the entirety of human knowledge around in your pocket. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely come an extremely long way in a very short amount of time when you look at, like, the extent of human history, how much we've progressed in the last, you know, I'm going to say 150 years. We've gone from inventing, like, the steam engine yep. to, like, the shit we have now, bullet trains, space travel, you know. Yeah, so I wouldn't say it's out of the realm of like possibility. That. Like, we, we definitely have um, the possibility to to do these things. It's, it's just possible. not easy. It's it's, it's going to take some possible, time. It's going to take a we, lot of research and testing well, and all that shit. I think a lot of it shit, is, is like we'll get there. there has to be more of a there has to be more of like to get there too. If we want to get to that point now, we have there has to be more of an interest in investing our time and our money into that. Because as of right now, space travel and space exploration takes kind of a backseat to a lot of other things. You know, like military gains and economic gains and building roads and stuff always takes precedent over space exploration. You know what I mean? If we yeah, actually took a bunch of, if we, if we took like, for example, like the, 
the U.S. military budget, if we took half of that and put it into space travel next year, we'd already be on Mars. It, uh, like, I have very little doubt. We just don't give the funding or the time or the research into it. We don't make it a priority. Well, that's be- that's why it's a privatized industry at this point, you know? That's why it's not NASA no, it's just in doing the space better. race. It's it's SpaceX and... Um, and There's a... There's Blue a couple others. SpaceX is the only Origin one. Origin and uh, Virgin Galactic and yeah, stuff. Lockheed you know? Martin. And, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Lockheed Martin's yeah. one of them that I actually... Yeah, I have that pulled up for when we get to the the reality of everything. So let's let's mm-hmm. talk about a few of these sci-fi methods of um, interstellar travel. Oh, okay. Well, um, one of the most classic ones we have um, from Asimov himself is. Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is a little more of a silly take on oh it rather than a realistic take on it. You know, like th- it, things like all, Star Trek awesome. and shit are more like geared towards realism. But this one's more silly, but it is fun to the, think yeah, about. Of course, and it's it's also my absolute favorite way. And I hope that if space travel ever becomes a thing, that this is how it happens. Yeah, <laughs> is they use an improb the improbability drive and the improbability drive in their ship. Essentially, makes things that are improbable more probable, and I'm I'm highly probably misrepresenting what it actually works like. But I mean, they, they'll hit the improbability drive, and and things like, hey, you know, it'd be super improbable for me my cup of coffee in my hand right now to turn into a fucking blue well, but it makes shit like that more possible, and shit like that happens. So it's improbable that all of a sudden you'd pop out of this point in space into another point in space. And yet it becomes probable because of this improbability drive. And so that's what happens. Yeah. It's a, it's quite interesting and it's funny as shit. Cause yeah, shit like that'll happen. They'll just be like sitting on their ship and like one of their heads will turn into a flower pot or something. <laughs> you know, like, Entertaining. That for sounds sure. like fucking fun. Entertaining as shit. It's all, you know, and then, and, you know, another one that I really like too, if we're talking about kind of silly ways to travel around the universe is the guardians of the galaxy where they do the wormholes but they're like jumping through hexes and then they're they get all like distorted and their heads get big and shit as they go and if you do too many jumps at once then it makes you puke. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that one's a lot of fun too. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I do like the uh the fantastic idea of that one, you know. But I mean, as far as like fiction that mimics reality, we obviously I mentioned we've mentioned a couple of times Star Trek. You know, they've got the warp drive um which really like Gene Roddenberry, genius guy, coming up with this whole concept of Star Trek and all that jazz. Um, but the warp drive, I mean, it's 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 not outside the realm of possibility either. It's based on true physics and true uh, theories, you know. Um, Honestly, out of probably any of any of the different like versions of space travel, is probably the most likely, or at least the most accepted by scientists as the most likely, where their their warp drive, instead of accelerating to a certain speed, you know, bends space and time and matter around it, so therefore making you move faster to point A to B, which is you know, uh, you know, it's kind of making a similar to an Einstein Rosen bridge. Which is the concept of, you know, let's say you have a piece of paper and you draw two dots on opposite ends of the paper. Well, if you fold that paper, you can touch those two dots together. And they theorize that that you can potentially 
um, you know, move from point A to point B with no distance in between if you can bend space, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And that's actually, you know, we can measure gravitational pull on space. It does, in fact, bend things based on mass. So if you could create something that could create, it's, it's, it's more feasible, you know, rather than trying to accelerate to the speed of light, which is probably, you know, I'm not going to say impossible because I'm no... I'm no astrophysicist or theoretical physicist, but I think that would probably be improbable at best. Yeah. You know, but being well, I mean, I don't do know, man. That, if you can, bend, I, I would say that that is a to point B like that makes more sense. That's like the general accepted theory of UFOlogy of how UFOs work, um, how alien spacecraft works. Is it is it changes the everything around it? And that's why they don't move with sound and they can move so fast too. Is they're bending space and time, and they're you know creating like a a hole in matter and and mass in front of it which then pulls it into that and so i i would say that that this is actually probably like you said the most realistic out of all the all the different types because that it, you know it compresses the space in front of it and then th- that creates a vacuum that pulls the craft so that that's right. the general so, accepted so pretty theory much of it- alien travel Right. Essentially what it's doing, you know, is like when I just was using the paper example, it is like basically crinkling the paper in front of it. Therefore, there's less distance to travel across it. Yeah, there's a Death Cab for Cutie song where he says, uh, if we could travel just by folding the map, it's it's that idea, like folding the map so that the two points are closer together, um, creating uh, a wormhole in in. You know, it creating a, a yeah. faster mean of means of travel. It's interesting. Yeah, and that's what a wormhole essentially is. Is is just a a more intense folding of that, where it is point A gets folded to point B, and there is no distance in between. Versus you know just shortening the distance, which is what what the warp drive in Star Trek is doing. Mm-hmm. Although they do come across wormholes that are like natural phenomena that exist in space. Um. You know, and that they're not the only ones that do similar, you know, things to that. When you're talking about the Einstein-Rosen bridge, um, in you know, and I, I, I'm just reading about this. I've never watched Battlestar Galactica, but they have jump drives in there where there is no delay time. They're at this point in space, and they're in that that point in space, and it just jumps immediately with no delay. You know, where it does that, it makes a it makes a wormhole, Einstein Rosen bridge, and it goes from point A to point B, and you're there. I cannot believe that you've never watched Battlestar Galactica. I haven't either. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yeah, I've never, I've that's never really watched. I've seen a couple that. episodes here and there, but um, but yeah, that's really interesting. To um, it, it, it seems like. Most of this fiction is based around that Einstein-Rosen bridge. Maybe that's just because that's the only type of theory that we have that is, you know, as it's the only realistic thing that we have is that theory. But, well, that's because, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's like an actual scientific principle that, you know, some of our own scientists have theorized, so therefore it's the most plausible because it's something that somebody proposed in real life. Yeah. You know, it's not, it versus like something like the hyperdrive in Star Wars. Where they engage this hyperdrive and they go into a what they call hyperspace, and it is a subregion of real space where, quote unquote, the same physical laws don't apply, and hyperspace doesn't have any real theoretical basis like the Einstein-Rosen bridge. 
you know, and I'm pulling a lot of this directly out of the uh, fun article that I've found on here, by the way, if you want to read a little bit more about this, check out mashable.com slash feature slash faster than light space interstellar travel. They go over like the most plausible of sci-fi interstellar travel. And it's quite, a, it's quite interesting. It's good. In, it's a good article. You know, that's interesting um, too. That's almost like, um, Stephen King has a book that he co-wrote with Peter Straub and it's, uh, the talisman. And in that, there's a another world that you can travel to, like another another universe almost. You can flip over to that world, and it's called the territories. And it's like Earth, right? You're like on Earth, but it's all it's very like medieval and it's different, you know. And um, mm-hmm. it's smaller, so if you take ten steps there, it's like taking thirty steps in the real world. Like it's you know it's um, I don't know the actual dimensions of it, like what the scale is, but. It's almost like Star Wars has that, where you go into hyperspace in this sub-region, and then you can move faster because it's smaller. Almost. Well, they talk about that in Star Trek, too. They talk about subspace, that's what they call it in Star Trek, but they don't typically, as far as I'm aware, and I could be wrong, I don't think they use that for travel, but they use that for, like, interstellar communication. Like, they're able to have basically a video chat across, like, millions of light years instantaneously via subspace this you know there you know this the existence of like another plane of reality is the i don't know if that's like a good way to describe it or not it's just another level of space and matter and time that you're able to access via different technology and you know you can tr- uh, send information or things over long distance with that it's the uh, same thing that they use for the teleporters it go they send particles over subspace yeah, I know. That's it's interesting. I know. I don't. I wonder if subspace I, is indeed a real thing. No, uh, more I like I, I wonder if it's actually like smaller than true space, um, in you know, in the scale of things, and that is why it allows us to travel further and send radio signals and things like that further. I also wonder if subspace would be more void of signals like that you know like if if you were trying to send a video to somebody you know right now our our space is very uh coagulated with all kinds of radio signals and you know whatever our videos would go through uh the like 5g shit goes to the tower pings the tower and then bounces back to where it needs to go i wonder if subspace would be a little bit more available like am radio versus fm radio you know Right. Well, and, you know, a lot of that, those type of waves require a medium to move through, just like sound. Like, you won't make sound in space because there's no medium for those. There's no particles for those waves to propagate Um, versus something like light, you know, makes more sense. You can send light over through a vacuum and it's a wave particle and you can send information that way. In fact, that's how Elon Musk's um, his Starlink internet system works. It communicates via lasers. It's the same thing, reason that fiber optic internet works. You know, it's essentially Morse, you know, ones and zeros, Morse code over light. You know, that's, you know, making changes so quickly you can't actually detect them. But, you know, that, yeah, there's there's a lot of different ways you could do that. But there's there's another question. So let's say human beings do end up finding a way to get to our nearest Earth-like planet 34 or 40 billion years away, or million light years away, whatever 39. Um, 39 million light no, years. No, 39 away, light years. 39 yeah, light 39 years. Yeah, 39 light so years would take the Voyager 
So, I mean, and it, where the yes. Voyager is heading right now, by the way, um, it's heading for a, a different star. I think it's Alpha Centauri. I'm not sure. Um, but it's going to fly within so, 1.6 light years of that star in 40,000 years. Yep. So, so there's a there's a question for you. So we could potentially, let's say we create a ship that, you know, it can't move at the speed of light or something, but we just put a generation of people on this ship and the ship can, you know, you know, just people will live on this ship for so many years and just be traveling across the universe. Eventually it reaches its destination. That's something to think about too, is that we'd have no way to really communicate anything back to earth. Or if you were able to send a message, there'd be like years of delay time before a message was received. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why I find subspace so interesting is, is there a possibility that it could travel faster through there? Cause I mean, in, mm-hmm. in Star Trek, they actually do have those moments where it's like, can we contact, you know, um, the Federation and, and stuff. And they're like, Oh, well, you know, it'll take us a week cause we're so far out. Mm-hmm. So I do wonder about that real quick. I just, I got curious while we were talking about radio waves. I did not know, but FM and AM, AM is amplitude modulation and FM is frequency modulation. Um, FM signals have a great advantage over AM because they're both susceptible to slight changes in amplitude. But with an AM broadcast that results in static with FM, it doesn't really matter because the audio signal is conveyed through changes in frequency. So that's just just a bit of trivia. I thought I looked it up because I was curious. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot with that. I mean, frequency. You know, the only problem that freq- FM could have is if somebody else is also transmitting on the same frequency, they get interference with each mm-hmm. other. Ooh, you know, uh, that was a thick chunk of tomato juice. I have yeah. to deal with that at in my line of work all the time since I I work with a wireless internet company. Well, in fact, yesterday I had to make changes on my tower because some other internet provider, being assholes and idiots. We're transmitting on the same frequency we were, so we had to change it so our customers could actually. Get I was through. just waiting for a chance so I could say yeah, those fucking assholes, and then you told me you fucking you assholes, it. fucking assholes. Yeah. So I know, I know that. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, sorry. I was gonna say, you know, back to like the Star Wars thing, you know, that they're talking about that, like that subspace, that hyperspace, this theoretical region where they can transfer their ship into in order to move faster. But in Star Wars, they kind of ha- they add another. They add another layer to that. They have to have a nav computer. If they just like jump into hyperspace and just go off in a direction, they'll run into a sun or a star or a planet or something. They have to have a computer that will navigate them around those obstacles. And if they don't, you know, you, you, in the newer movie, that last Jedi, if they do that on purpose and it runs into a ship, it just will like just fucking obliterate it. Yeah, man. It's like captain Marvel <laughs> would flying like, through Thanos. All right, let's ship. go to alpha Centauri, And then you just like hit the hyperdrive and then you just fly into a fucking sun. Or a planet. I mean, you could really do some, you know, do some fucking damage to a planet. Yeah, it'd be so, it'd be pretty much instantaneously. You wouldn't know what happened, though. To be fair, it would be a, it would be a merciful death. You'd just be gone. You'd be obliterated. Yeah, that's true. It'd be a way to go right there. It'd be like uh, dying in an explosion, you know. Yeah. Sp- speaking of spacecraft, like crashes you know again we're, we're super star trek nerds we've watched quite a bit of star trek you know it always gets me you know they're always in their shuttles and in a lot of the episodes their their shuttle ends up crashing or getting shot down on some barren planet and they've got to find a way home that happens that that plot line happens more often than it should yes um but <laughs> when their shuttle crashes you know we talk about our space shuttles our space shuttles in orbit are going like twenty thousand miles an hour or something just absolutely ridiculous like that if it hits the ground going there, it's just nothing. It's just 
it's going to be just completely oblivious. I mean, if it entered the atmosphere going that fast, no it's chances. Just light up. I don't even know if it would hit the ground. It would burn up coming down. Well, I mean, they've got like the, the they've got those tiles that would you know, assuming the tiles don't fall off, it will prevent that. That's from true. Happening, is kind of what the, um, but even it, but if it hits the ground going that fast, it's just going to be. There's not going to be anything left. Yet they always seem when they when they're and you know you see like the the film and they're just like they're like way outside the atmosphere and then they fly into the atmosphere and just like smash into the ground and they just like like ah oh, broke my arm but they're fine otherwise. I always wondered that. It's like how the hell did you guys survive that shit? You didn't slow down at all. You should just be a pile of mush at this point. There's no way in hell that you would have ever survived that. So that happens a lot. Um, it's like they're going so fast when they hit the ground that that there, it should be just like bits and pieces of wreckage and nothing left. So I recently yeah they always seem to be like ah oh, the ship's broken and then they're able to fix it somehow and get off the ship get off the plane. I recently read something about Star Trek that I found really interesting. It was saying that um, Captain Kirk's logs. Um, it, it was a theory that Captain Kirk's logs were viewed as a joke by members of oh this is a meme i sent you yeah 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 that's right um but they're viewed as a joke by like members of oh yeah you did send it to me let me pull that up i thought it was something i read i'd actually rather be accurate oh yeah well i mean it it has like this whole thing where like in next gen where they're talking about how there's no record in starfleet of any of these like weird holes in space Yet that had happened in the original Star Trek. Series. Yeah, and and they're giving Kirk shit for why he's filling out his logs because a lot of like crazy shit that happens inside of Star Trek. I'll go ahead and let you explain. Yeah, that. I'll just I'll just read this. So this person said, um, "I've heard the the theory that Kirk's log just gets circulated around headquarters for the laugh uh, because before being dumped into circular files as obvious fabrications by someone bored with a frontier posting." Like, oh, have you seen this one? He says he fought Apollo. What, the old Earth probe? Try the old Earth god. Ha, classic Kirk. You know, like, that's better than when he transported to an evil dimension. Like, these things, they do seem fantastic and crazy. Um, But the reason why in The Naked Now, which is a next-gen episode, why uh, Riker is the one that remembered the previous (laughs) polywater infection that had happened um, is that he's the sort of person that would have listened to those uh, hilarious adventures of Captain Kirk for fun, which is just, I like the idea of tying those two together, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, also, yeah, just another trivial right. fact here, Alpha Centauri is actually 4.37 light years from the sun. And 4.37 light years is 1.34 parsecs. Oh. See, I don't, I, I don't know the, di- you know, measurement of distance with parsecs versus light years. Um, I don't either. Let's, let's look it up. What is a parsec? What is a parsec? What is a parsec? That's a good one for Google here. Parsec symbol parsec, is a unit, unit of distance length used. used to measure large distances. It's equal to about 3.26 lbs. Oh, okay. What? So it's it's like the yard to the foot. It's about the same. Yeah, yeah, it's about about, you know, 0.26 off, but yeah. More or less. Yep. You could tell we're Americans now since we use you know, feet and yards. Instead of a parsec <laughs> is the distance <laughs> that a star must lie from the sun for its parallax angle to be exactly one. I don't understand what I just said, but it's interesting. interesting. I don't know. Oh, okay. So, so the parsec yeah, so is parsec measured by the distance at one it's angular. The mean. So one second of arc. 
I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I don't understand it either. I'm not. I'm not as versed with this as I should be. But <laughs> it's interesting. There's a lot here I don't understand. So the parallax angle In being one arc be second. <laughs> Definitely another. Yeah. One. So it's basically it's triangles. It's um the to to measure the angle as one arc second. It has to be a certain distance from the sun for these two angles to meet in that way. Uh, these two lines to meet in that way to make the the triangle, basically. So yeah, it's it's a triangle thing. It's a Pythagorean theorem stuff. Yeah, let's uh, move on to something good, we actually good using those math words. To throw move on there. to something we actually know. <laughs> well, yeah, just like yeah, it's it's algebra. <laughs> you know, it's geometry, uh, obviously. Right. Which is funny because those are. Well, we'll Very think that different. I was, I, I'm good at algebra. Yeah. I suck at geometry and trigonometry. If it has a emetry at the end, I'm bad at it. <laughs> I, I'm not good with shapes for some reason. I can't conceptualize them. I think I have um, third eye blind syndrome. <laughs> I was decent at math, but I, I am far out of practice with it. Uh, that's for damn sure. That was one thing. That was one subject I was good at in high school, and then um, I finished all my college math in junior year, and I haven't done any complex math since. And so now I don't. Understand as a any production of it, so. manager of a weed business, <laughs> I've lost it. I have lost. I do a lot of math. I add a lot of uh, numbers, and uh, I also work with Google Sheets a lot and do a lot of formulas. I will say that most of them are not mathematical. Most of them are coding, but I I do a lot of math. Um, just addition and subtraction in my head. So I'm, I've stayed sharp on that, but I mean, algebra would take me a minute to kind of refigure out. Um, and I always sucked at geometry and trig and stuff. I, th I would really like to give calculus a try. I've never tried it out and I think I would be good at it because I'm good at algebra and that's more in that realm of I was going to, I was going to take calculus in high school. As you see, I never took pre-calculus. However, I did take like an advanced algebra yeah, me too. and geometry mm -hmm. class. Yeah, um, I almost and, failed because um, of the I, geometry I, and trig part. It was a college. You see, I did well with that. See, and I and I and I passed that 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 class with flying colors. You know, I I, I liked math. I like shit like that. I like patterns. So I went and when I and I went to go in my senior year of high school. I went to go take AP calculus. First day, we show up, and the teacher uh, gives us all a pretest, basically a first day test. Takes the entire class period. Cool, we we'll take it. It's, you know, I understand all the concepts on there. It's totally fine. You know, I turn in my paper and I leave. I came back for the next class and the teacher says, hey, Randy, I need to talk to you for a minute. And she pulls me aside and she says, I wanted to tell you something. So uh, we noticed that you haven't taken pre-calculus, which is a prerequisite for this course. You have to take that first. But I did want to tell you, you scored the highest out of anybody on your pretest. And I was just kind of thinking in the back of my head. Well, that's fucking stupid. So you know what I ended up doing instead? I ended up taking jazz band, and I learned to play my guitar Fuck better. Yeah. So it worked out for the better. But, but I am. Um, but it was like one of those. It's like, are you fucking serious right now? Like that's the stupidest. Yeah, that's shit crazy. I, I can't heard, believe but, you scored the highest you know, on there that's too. That's why I that's, never did any you more math. Was that was why? Because I never took pre-calculus. Huh. But even though I understood it, they wouldn't let me take it because I never took pre-calculus. Well, let me. Um, I'm full of these today, but I've got another trivial fact. Calculus was original called infin infinitesimal calculus, which I haven't heard that word in forever. And you said it at the beginning of the podcast. I noticed that. I I thought about it. Um, or the calculus of infinitesimals, which is just it. Calculus has a cool fucking name. It's the coolest of all the math stuff. <laughs> math <laughs> terms. Oh, I'm gonna eat this bacon in my Bloody Mary here now. Let's see, it's soggy bacon. Ooh, soggy bacon. Ooh, it's like really good now though because it's all soaked in alcohol and bloody mary spicy all right so 
So one thing that I always thought was interesting, back to space travel here. On all of these sci-fi shows we've talked about, every single one of them has some kind of like artificial gravity on their Yeah, because like if they were just they floating around, it wouldn't be to. good television. Pretty much. <laughs> but, you know, and they they might touch. Oh, I noticed that in some of these shows, they might touch on some of these concepts or kind of give a, a slight explanation as to why. But they never go into depth on that because there really isn't any great technology for it. However, there are some sci-fi movies and concepts that are actually based in reality. For example, yeah, I mean, a bunch of people have seen the movie Interstellar, and a ton of people have seen Ender's Game. I feel like I've talked about Ender's Game on this podcast before, maybe in our old episodes. But anyways, their uh, their space station is a big wheel, like a roulette wheel, kind of. And there is a central like controlling station that has no gravity in it and is surrounded by spokes that you can travel through to an outside wheel that spins in space and the centrifugal force just you know like if you spin a grocery bag around with groceries in it as long as it's moving it, your groceries will never fall out um, same concept applies by standing on the inside of that wheel you now have gravity so if we were going to actually travel in space I think this is the most likely way that will actually have gravity in there. Uh, if you've seen the movie The Martian with uh, Matt Damon, their ship has that on it where it will spin in space. And so when they're standing on the inside of that, they have like living quarters and and workout rooms Gardens and, and labs yeah. and stuff where you can actually stand you know, it's funny. on the inside. Yes, things like that where you have that like sense of gravity, but it is a great way to do artificial gravity. So that that's my theory. You know, I've seen a couple of like uh, artistic renderings and things of various spaceships they want to build for space travel with human beings on board. And that's what all of them are showing is exactly that concept that there's going to be like living quarters and such surrounding the, the main central part of the ship that, and it will spin as it travels through space. So you have gravity and your, you know, your muscles don't wither away and you can do normal earth things on it. I think that's kind of a really cool concept. I think that's like what we should expect. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's realistic. It's, it's something that, that we could actually do. Like we've all been in that uh, carnival ride that's like the spaceship and it spins around really fast and you're like stuck to the wall. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. it's the idea of that. Except yeah, for that, that that ride sucks. What? <laughs> yeah, oh, I that fucking ride sucks, love that ride. Yeah, what are exactly you talking that. about? You know what's really funny is um oh, you said so sick. The older Ender's I get, Game, Interstellar, and Martian or The Martian. The Martian. Oh, there's another movie that has um, fucking Jennifer Lawrence and and oh god, who plays Star Lord? Every time I go to say uh, an actor's name, Chris I Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Yep. There's a movie with Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt where they're stuck on a ship basically, and he like wakes her up so he can have companionship over this like hundred year journey, and their ship does the same thing. Passengers it's, like spinning with all these like passengers and Lawrence yes, Fishburne, huh? Uh, so Lawrence Fishburne, that's not what I said. I said Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, think. I know. But Lawrence Fishburne was mentioned in that article that I was looking at. So it's funny though. You mentioned Ender's game, interstellar, the Lawrence Fishburne movie and the Martian. And I haven't seen any of them. Mm -hmm. I, I've never seen the idea of, of using the spinning really? for artificial gravity in a movie that come to like that. I can think of. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah, that's definitely worth watching one of those, man, cuz it it actually 
it makes sense and it's real i think that's so well and, and the martian was you know, a, that, a big one that, because they tried to make it as realistic as possible as far as like farming and things yeah, like that, that they they really did do a lot of research on that movie I, I read an article about it i just never watched the movie so absolutely yeah that movie's fascinating that one for like yeah actual like space travel and things that you could and couldn't do in space that one that one's very very good that mm. one's worth a watch it's also the perfect segue from sci-fi to realism in space travel. This is this is the part I've been waiting for because I've wanted to talk about this the whole time. And uh, we keep kind of bringing it up, but I want to like really hammer hard on a few of these things. Um, because it, you, you said, you know, it's highly unlikely that we'll actually make it to the space and everything and to other planets and things like that. <laughs> but... SpaceX and um, Blue, what is it, Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic and stuff, they're all working to get us into space. And the main idea is to get us to another planet in like the next 10 to 20 years. We Even if we destroy ourselves as the human race, we may still see us getting to another planet within our lifetime, which is just phenomenally interesting to me. Like, I, that's not a good word for it. Incredibly Absolutely. interesting. I, I think if we're getting to another planet, yeah, it is very interesting. Honestly, I I don't know if we'll see us getting to many other planets other than yeah, Mars, Mars is, but it's it's not oh, impossible. Speaking of, this is one of the things I've been waiting for. Today's weather on Mars is the a high of negative four degrees Celsius and a low of negative ninety or Fahrenheit and a low of negative ninety eight degrees Fahrenheit. In Celsius, that's a high of negative twenty and a low of negative seventy two. Uh, sunrise was at 6.37 a.m., and sunset will be at 6.35. I don't know if that's Mountain Standard Time, because I'm in Mountain Standard Time, but I don't know what... It's probably just whatever Standard Time is, like the not plus or minus anything. It might be... It might be... I think you might be right. It might be MST, um, Mars Standard Time. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that was a good one. It's funny because um, the data that I'm looking at says Sol 3039-MSL, and I have no idea what it means. But it's Well, that's the thing is like our clock, that's the other thing to think about. Our clock and our time is all based on the rotation of our Earth mm -hmm. and our sun. So and if you were born on you know, Mars, do you think you would age on faster? Other planets, that's going to be vastly like you'd be different. 120 by the time you die. I don't think not, not like actually actually age faster. Like your body wouldn't age faster, but you'd be like 200 years old when you died. Where on Earth you would be 101. I think it'd be the other way around. I think you'd be younger because Mars is a farther orbit. It takes longer for Mars to go around one orbit oh, you're right. the sun than it takes Earth. No, Mars is. Isn't it closer? It's one. I further thought it was out. closer. No, it's for. No, it's further out from the sun. It's uh, Mars is the fourth in the system. How do you not know this? This is like simple, like... I do know this. What are you talking about? I am, I am well not... aware of all of this. <laughs> it's, uh... Oh, I was thinking of uh, Venus. The ordering I was thinking planets. of Venus. So see, I, I okay, flipped Mars and Venus. looking, here's what I... I'm looking. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, looking yeah. right now. So, so... So stop looking. At, no, so stop looking, and I want you to do this without looking. I want you to tell I'm, me the ordering I'm already of looking at it. From closest to the sun to furthest I'm already to the looking. Sun. Now, now, okay, I'll, I'll turn away from it. Okay, I haven't looked. Yeah, let's see if let's I can see if nail you can this. Do it. Let's see if I can nail this. So we've got, all right, we've got Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune. Oh yeah, Pluto's not a planet anymore. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for it. Yeah, Pluto's just it's a, a rock. frozen. Rock. I, I mean, I feel like there are moons bigger than Pluto. There are moons. It's bigger a frozen than, rock. Well, well yeah, Jupiter has orbit. moons bigger than Pluto, but but that's because Jupiter's a it's, fat piece of shit. 
Jupiter is a massive piece yeah, of Yeah, that's what I said. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> but it's, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, it, you know, I'll, I'll go with what they say, but it does orbit our sun. It's an, a non-elliptical or, orbit. It's like a, it's yeah. like an oval shaped orbit. But it, you know, but so do, so does like asteroids yeah. and comets. And Can I tell you something funny? So at some point, you know, it's a large asteroid. We could kind of, I looked up that way. order of the planets and went to a picture and the picture I ended up choosing is a fucking $100 area rug for a room. <laughs> oh. I'm going to keep this up so I can post it to the Instagram. It's actually a cool picture. But um, what is it? My very earnest mother just something, something, something pizza. What is that called when you put words to it? Oh, I don't know. Oh, uh, like an anagram? It's not an anagram. There's another word for it. <coughs> I thought it was anagram. I'm pretty sure that's the word for it, isn't it? I could be wrong, too. See? The f- longer you listen to this podcast, peeps, the more my you're educated mother that you're just served. Yeah, so give me the four more rows. Uh, there's my very educated mother just served us nachos, noodles. No, I'm not. No, an anagram is like a, a rearrangement. Many of very stuff. elderly men just under newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> my vicious earthworm <laughs> might just swallow us now. Mother Veronica enjoyed my jam sandwich under Neptune. And Neptune's just fucking Neptune? What the fuck? They could make very easy mash just squash up new potatoes. (laughs) That's fucking great. That's including Pluto, (laughs) by the way. Uh, And what it it was is uh, my very eager mother just served us nine pizzas. (coughs) That's, That's the one I was thinking of. And it is anagrams, by the way. You were right. Oh, gotcha. No, no, I, I just like Googled anagram and it was like something about rearranging the letters. Oh, yeah, you're right. No, that is an anagram. So what is this? I don't understand it. It's the same thing with like every know. good boy does fine and face. Well, face is mm. just face, but yeah. when you're talking about like musical staffs, like every good boy does fine is E-G-B-D-E-F, whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're looking at, at yeah. the treble clef, yeah. The treble clef. So that was a bit of a tangent. Let's um let's check out what's going on, on on Mars again. It is moderately sunny today. Uh the season on Mars is spring right moderately, now. Huh? The pressure Ooh, yeah, it apparently. Has and it's spring. And it's negative four degrees as the high. So it's a cold spring. Uh the pressure on Mars is a mean of eight hundred and twenty seven Pascals. Um, the distance from the sun, Mars is 142 millions of miles and earth is 93 millions of miles. This is on the NASA website. So this is really fun for me to just like go through the deepest Canyon on Mars. So, okay. The grand Canyon is 1.1 miles deep on earth, right? What do you think the deepest Canyon on Mars is? How, how big do you think it is? How many miles? I'm going to say it's much bigger. I'm going to say fuck dude. 420 um it is actually 4.35 you were very close yeah i was that close only 0.15 miles off damn that was just a blind guess Um, okay here's another one so the diameter of earth is 7926 miles what do you think the diameter of mars is i'm doing 4932 4220 dude (laughs) 
You're doing really good at this. I'm pretty good at this. I'm going I'm to um, I'm going to have my last Bloody Mary here. Me too. I'm going to make up another one. I actually have one time. more, but I'm not drinking it. Go I'm going to save it for tomorrow. I'm going to go ahead and add a, an excessive amount of vodka to this one because it's <laughs> Saturday. And this is an oddity for us, by the way. We typically record our podcast late at night because I have kids and they need to be sleeping so that they don't come in and scream into the microphone while I'm trying to record. Um, so typically we do this late at night. And uh, so this is uh, kind of a rarity for us. And uh, I'm enjoying this. I hope we get more chances to do this, do our morning drinks. Yeah, mimosas like would be mimosas, great. Maybe one morning coffee with Irish Ooh, cream. Oh, yeah, some Baileys. Ooh, yeah. Creamy Baileys. Uh, again, go ahead and email us at uh, tigerhooch at gmail.com. Give us those drink suggestions. Give me some good morning drinks. That, something unique that I haven't heard of. Like before. a Bellini. I'd love to try. But something more unique because I've heard of a, Ooh, Bellini. a Bellini. I'm an alcoholic, so good luck giving me a drink I've never had. <laughs> okay, that's 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 our goal. If you you are listening to this podcast, send us a drink that Jeffrey has never heard of, um, to try. And I, I you know, I'm all about this uh, crazy strange drinks. Give us give us some good good suggestions here, or just something that you know, something you want to see us drink. Speaking of strange, yeah. Spider Man No Way Home features Doctor Strange, and you should go watch it. So I have somebody to talk to about it. <laughs> Somehow, somehow I knew you were going to find a way to sneak Spider-Man into a conversation about space travel and whether or not we'll ever get there. Well, I mean, Spider-Man did go you know, to space I hope we do in get there. Um, this is Avengers Endgame, right? Yeah. He did. He did. He, he got stuck to the outside of a rocket. And then he also blew that one dude out into space, mm -hmm. which is fucking Fuck awesome. yeah. So, the length of the day on Earth. Now, I don't know if you know this. Not 24 hours. 23 hours and 56 minutes. Probably because it's winter right now. Yeah, that's why we do the leap year. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's exactly why we do leap year. Every four years, that, that, that couple minutes adds up to one full day, and then they just add the day to it to just yeah. offset it. I going. was actually born on a leap year. So were you. Yeah, 92 was oh, a leap shit, year, dude. We In fact, I was born right after leap year. I was born eight days later than leap year. And my, my boss was born two days before leap year so he's 10 days older than me normally and 11 on leap year so what do you think the uh length of the day on mars is that. let's see if you can keep this hot streak going it's oh i'm gonna say 37 it is 37 hours. minutes and 24 hours so you got you got a number right oh so it's just barely it's just it's just it's just a little mm -hmm. over ours then. Okay, so I was overestimating. Um, I guess the day. I guess the day. Okay, I was thinking it's further out in orbit, but that doesn't make any sense. It would be more about the yeah, speed exactly. Of its it's rotation. Uh, the rotation on its axis that really gives it that. So the highest mountain, not Mount Everest, by the way, is Mauna Kea, which is six point three four miles high. How high do you think the highest mountain on Mars is? Well, if the canyons are deeper, I would assume maybe they have a larger mountain as well. Let's uh, let's check. Let's say maybe not much bigger. I'm gonna say seven. I'm gonna just not tell you the answer and say, go big or go home. Go home. Ten it's sixteen miles. <laughs> fucking hell! Really? They have a sixteen-mile <laughs> tall Isn't that mountain fucking nuts? on Mars. Okay, so so. Yeah. 
So th- that's just begging questions. So let's say we get there, and because you know this is our, I feel like our everybody's next kind of expectation for space travel is the exploration and colonization of Mars. So we are eventually going to be colonizing Mars. And again, much like the Martian, I'm sure we'll have pods. We'll have ways to, you know, farm and grow food and create oxygen and so on and so forth that we need to survive. There's also talks about terraforming Mars, you know, essentially setting off bombs on its polar ice caps in order to create water, um, which can potentially change the atmosphere and and make it possible for plants to grow and so on and so forth, which is super fascinating, too. And I don't know the science all behind that, but it's something that is been talked about in his potential. Um, what do you think life would be like on Mars? If you left earth and you went to Mars to be, you know, a, a, a Martian for, so to speak, um, <laughs> what would your life look like? What do you imagine it looking it, like? So extreme, really extreme in all ways. Um, I, I want to just take a pause on that and just tell you that Olympus Mons, that, that, mountain is enormous shield volcano and if you look at it compared to a map of france it is this almost the same size as france it's fucking huge this thing is incredible so so i think that life on mars would be extreme like in in all senses of the word because of that you'd have higher mountains lower valleys your weather is negative four degrees celsius as the high or uh fahrenheit god i keep fucking that up but um as the high of the day you're sitting at negative four you know that's colder than it is here at, at the low and it's winter right now which it is a warm winter for colorado but um but yeah, that's it's it would be extreme. Uh, you'd really have to. Oh, do you think that begs the question? Now, living on Mars in extreme conditions like that, do you think that would push human evolution? Let's say if there's people living on Mars and there's people living on Earth, and I'm sure there's going to be some communication and travel and trade between the two places. But do you think people that live on Mars will eventually become tougher, thicker skinned, more adaptable to cold? Uh, yes, that's the. So it's the you know, assuming human beings go out and colonize colonize the universe will there be major differences and changes to our species because of it I'm yeah sure there probably it's the uh, it's the mole people argument yeah 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 if you live you underground know, you live your underground, eyes adjust you know, and if we are like all that. driven underground mm-hmm. to avoid you know exactly like if we're all let's say we have a nuclear war and the surface of earth becomes uninhabitable and we make an, an a huge underground series of tunnels and caverns and systems we would definitely become mole people and be able to see in the dark better and Probably develop thicker skin and. Nails I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but um, so on and so forth. Plato's the cave allegory is basically describing a mole person going to the surface the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You're I've never thought about that. You're right. It's true. You're absolutely right. You know, and it was kind of it's kind of interesting too. Let's say you know human beings uh, inhabit Mars. Now it makes me wonder, like, will it be just another colony, and it'll be? I mean, Mars is fairly close. I feel like we'd probably have a good relationship with people that live on Mars. But now it begs the question: Is there does it have its own governments, or is it just another? You know, it's kind of interesting. You know, you said the biggest mountain on Mars is called Olympus Mons, which is interesting to me. I didn't realize that because there's the there's a video game I played, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, which is, you know, basically Call of Duty in space. And that's the that's the premise behind it, is that there's the people that live on Mars develop this, like, highly, highly violent um, group of people that um, is it's run by a dictator, um, played by the same guy that um, is in Game of Thrones, the 
that is the head of the Night's Watch. What's his name? I'm not a Game of Thrones watcher. Jon Snow? He's one of the main characters. Jon Snow, yep. So the guy who plays Jon Snow actually plays this character in the video games. And he's a he's just a, a violent, ruthless dictator. And their main big battleship in that game is called the Olympus Mons. And it's just this massive, just fuck you, but, you know, warship. And they eventually, you know, the good guys, you end up taking it over at some point. It's pretty good. Um, well, the point being, that's my, you know. It's uh, Kit Harrington, uh, by the way. Human beings Kit Harrington is the guy that plays other him. planets. Not just mm-hmm. Kit Harrington. Great Harrington. actor. Yep. Um, there's, um, yeah, he is a great actor. Um, you know, let's say human beings go out and we create colonies all over the place. Um, will that just create more war amongst ourselves? Will we create, you know, at that point, do you think human beings will have no, learned? No, 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 no. It will, it will create will wartime. Um, it, it's so, and, and let's take <coughs> it back to Star like, Trek well, we're again. At, right? We're at war with the Delta Quadrant. Yeah, exactly. Let's take it back to Star Trek. They go to that planet, mm-hmm. right? And there's... The people on the planet that have a uh, black face on the right and white face on the left, and then the other people that have oh, black face on yes. the left and white face on the right, and they're looking at them like you guys are the same, and they're like, no, 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 these these right blackers, you know, like whatever they call them, I can't remember, but these right black face people, <laughs> the right blackers, that sounds <laughs> these left whiteies, <laughs> but, but they, you know, like they they end up at war and they destroy each other because of just these this slight difference. It's it's human nature. I truly believe that if we were to colonize like that, that something would happen. It's just mm-hmm. like th- think about Earth, right? We have we have America, mm-hmm. we have Mexico, we have Canada, and that's just North and South America, right there. Well, I guess okay. So we have the United States. <laughs> that's just well, no, North no, no. Uh, Mexico's in South that's America. That's just North America. No, it's it? not. That is North America. Is it no, really? That's North America. South America starts at like Colombia. Yeah. At the end of Mexico is where, is where South America starts. Who the right there f- where in, uh, the fuck have I been? Uh, Why did I think Panama. Mexico was in the, At the Panama Canal? It's in the Northern Hemisphere. You're right. You're right. It's because you're you're I'm an, an ignorant, ignorant piece of shit. Racist That's, American. You're right. Just like all of us. So let's. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, I mean, your point. I, I get your point. You know, we all live together on one planet, yet we are in it. We I have mean, an inability even to even work within as one just US, USA, we right? We have micro segregation where we now. have all the states. We have within the states, we have cities. When I grew up, I grew up in Juab County, right? Everybody called us the Wob Wasps because we were the wasps, which is the worst fucking mascot to choose because you have to say wasps, and also wasps suck. So. You know, but we we had rivalries with other schools and other it's it's normal for human behavior to create these differences and these rivalries between us. So I do believe that if we were to colonize the, you know, we and shit, I see this at my work. Like I work in the back of house with the cannabis production. And then the way that we think of our store employees and the way that the store employees think of us is is kind of this rivalry between us. It's weird. It's very strange. But it's it's the way of. That is very much human yeah. nature. And it's, you know, well, I mean, you see that in a lot of sci-fi concepts, too. Like, again, you know. The right blackies? Uh, I'm going to use. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the right blackies. I'm going to use. <laughs> I'm going to use Starcraft as an example. In Starcraft, you know, in its lore, you know, human beings um, have, you know, colonized into further into space. And then there is, you know, and they all refer to, you know, humans as Terrans, as coming from. Mm-hmm. Terra Firma or whatever, but there's different. There's the Dominion Empire within that, and then there's the Confederacy, 
And then there's the United Earth Directorate, which is actually like Earth's, you know, and they're all, they go up, they're at mm-hmm. war with each other quite often, you know, so all colonizing different planets, different sectors, different areas. Um, so, I mean, I think that honestly, unfortunately, it would probably be the case. I would hope that it would be more like Star Trek where for as a, as a, general rule of thumb human beings all work together and all these different aliens on top of that we become like a partnership it becomes a federation and we're all working towards the same goal and we get along but i don't really foresee that ever being the case same uh i know it's it's hard to it's hard to say but you know like i said i have a lot of hope oh you you the fatalist has a lot of hope yeah but not a lot of it (laughs) i have hope but not the expectation not the expectation. I expect that we'll probably kill ourselves first before we ever mm-hmm. get there. You know, we'll we'll hate e- we'll we'll kill each other long enough or hard enough that we won't ever. Actually oh yeah, I'm gonna kill you so hard. System. <laughs> we'll end up like getting. We'll end up being hit by an asteroid and just being wiped off the wiped from history before we ever actually get to the point where we can cooperate enough to get outside of the solar system. I think that's honestly probably the truth, but I could. I am, again, I have hope that I am incorrect in that, and that my fatalist nature is Let's just hope. exactly that. But I don't know. What are your thoughts? What's your what's your uh, what's your prediction? Will oh, humans ever yeah. travel I think to we're the going. stars? I think we're we I think we're on our way. We're already. I mean, okay. So before we get to that, because I have some things to say, I have three more things about Mars. Now, the largest impact crater in the world was 186 miles in diameter uh it was uh v red effort in south africa right how big do you think the largest one on mars was right yeah in diameter impact crater? How, how big uh, earth was 186 how how was the bit 186 miles. what meters mm-hmm. miles 186 in south africa. miles mm-hmm. wide are you serious mm-hmm. we have a crater that big on earth I didn't either. Jesus, I didn't realize that. It's probably yeah. just a massive valley now. That's that's yeah, way more. Maybe that's. The I will that say that um, um, <laughs> Dairy Maine probably falls in that too. You know, once Pennywise fell to the earth, created a giant crater of evil, <laughs> uh, right around 186 miles. You know, <laughs> something like that. I guess I would suppose. Okay, so uh, if the 186 miles mm-hmm. is the widest impact crater. You know, I'm going to go ahead and say Mars is a smaller planet than Earth. Not by like a massive margin, but maybe by like a factor of like it's like Earth is like a third bigger than Mars. Um so, that being the case, I think Mars getting hit with a large asteroid, the chances of it getting hit are maybe slightly smaller than that of Earth's, although it is closer to the asteroid belt. I'm going to go ahead and say the largest is going to be 120. So the largest impact crater on Mars is the Hellas crater, uh, H-E-L-L-A-S, Hellas. And it is 1,400 miles in diameter. So it's like half the fucking yeah. planet is just a crater. <laughs> so it got smacked with like a fucking yes. moon yes. at some point is what you're so saying. So the uh, 
Jesus Christ. Well, may, maybe that's why. Maybe you know, there's a lot of. Oh yeah, and then it, it was destroyed basically. Mm-hmm. Point, and it's all since. Well, in the Martians, that's actually something and, that's know, in the, CIA the documents. If you uh, look at astro- astral travel in the CIA documents, there's a guy that went into the past at Mars, and they were tall beings, and he talked to them and just pretended like he was one of them, and they 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 told him some of the history of it, and um, it, it is very highly theorized that there was life there, and then it was wiped out. So yeah. And also, if you watch Adventure Time, then in the this future, like one of Abraham those, like, Lincoln will be the president like, there, so, uh, the president though. of Mars. Like, is this just something? Right. <laughs> is this just like one of those like uh, things that the CIA wrote down after they're interviewing? Some no, this crazy was a CIA operative like, that did astral travel, and we'll we'll talk about it another time. We'll we'll do a whole episode on CIA release documents or something. Let's do see it. CIA and FBI Fuck released yeah. documents Down. and redacted documents. Oh my god, okay. that would be a fun one. So I have two um, more. Okay. Two more. Well, I think with that, the I mean, temperature your, on Mars go- versus Earth. All right. All right? So the average temperature on Earth is fifty-seven degrees Fahrenheit. What do you think the average temperature on Mars is? Now keep in mind, it is spring and it is negative four as the high. I was I was going to say that. I'm kind of keeping that in mind. I'm going to go ahead and say negative thirty. It is, is negative eighty-one. It's cold. It's cold on Mars. Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, hey, you know, that's, it's not impossible. We have people that live in Antarctica pretty much or are there yeah. for extended periods of time and they're able to do it. That it tells me that possible. It's, it's possible. just, well, it's colder there than it is in Antarctica, but yeah, it's possible. Not necessarily. Antarctica gets down to like negative one something. Like it gets cold as fuck in Antarctica. Like I think it's more than. I think it's doable. I think it's doable. Negative four is cold, but it's like that's like, dude. Canada gets down to like negative thirty. Yeah, but like, okay. The lowest temperature on Earth at ground level on Earth, the lowest temperature that has been recorded in Antarctica is negative eighty nine point two degrees Celsius, which is a negative one hundred and twenty eight point six degrees Fahrenheit. The average temperature on Mars is negative fucking 81 degrees. That's the average. It gets cold. You got a good point. You got a good point. But I'm, I'm just saying, I'm sure it is, but I'm just saying with, you know, with pods and stuff, I'm sure it'd be. Okay. It'd be, so last doable. one here, last Mars fact. It's doable. It's not like negative 400. Yeah, it's if not it fucking Pluto. I would say, wow, know? we really need to develop some tech Understood. to back that. But yeah, <laughs> or something like that. But, you know, it's that's that's uh, reasonable enough. To All right, be let's see if you can be a comeback kid, kid here, because you've been uh, pretty off on the last few. You were really close on the first few. Earth has a day or a, a year of 365, technically 0.25 because of the leap year. We had talked about that. How long do you think a year on Mars is? How many Earth days does it take to 478? 478. No, 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 no. I'm going to say 532. Keep going a little bit further. 532. Mm-hmm. S- Just a bit further. So it's 687 days. Um, roughly just about double. So it's, just about, about, it's about, double. about two years. Double would be 730. And it's 687. So it's, it's, you know, 40, 50 days under. A couple of months. So, yeah. Close. Okay. Well, hey, you know, that's interesting. Okay, so... That's interesting. We're going to have to kind of breeze through a a few of these things um, because, you know, we're already pretty close to time here. 
But I do want to talk a little bit about the re- reality of space travel, because um, I have been waiting. So, Lockheed Martin is looking at the possibility of exploring Mars. They already have landers, orbiters, and aeroshells that are in, you know, like, in production and produced. Um, they are working with NASA. We have SpaceX, who uh, just went, or has gone to space with their rockets a few times. We have the billionaire space race that's happening, that happened this year, where uh, SpaceX, Blue Origin, and Virgin Galactic, which I've mentioned a few times, have all, they were all trying to go into space. Uh, Richard Branson and Jeff Bezos. Who did Bezos uh, use to Bezos go into space? Bezos used his company, which is Blue Origin. Yeah, I would say, who did Bezos Blue Origin Because he Bezos just went for a company. cruise, he, he started it in 2000. Oh, mm-hmm. oh Really? I didn't realize that he actually owned that company. I, I see. I, I knew that he went into space, but I figured he just. Yeah, it's actually it. no, funny. He started. He, he started uh, Blue Origin in two thousand. A shit ton of money. SpaceX by Elon Elon Musk was in uh, two thousand two, and then Virgin Galactic was. Um, oh, I don't have that, and I don't have a date on that one. But so um, Richard Branson was planning to go to space. Uh, or Jeff Bezos was planning to go to space this year in July, and then Richard Branson released a thing saying, I'm going to space earlier in July. <laughs> so he did. He did make a su- successful flight to space, but I believe that Virgin Galactic went outside of the atmosphere and just barely touched space and then came back down, and I, I'm pretty sure the Blue Origin went a little further into space, Jeff Bezos. Uh, and I also believe that Captain Kirk went to space. Um... William Shatner. I believe he just went to space. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. Yeah, it was on October 13th. Uh, he was He's 90 years old, and it was Blue Origin, so he went in the New Shepard rocket with Jeff Bezos and went into space. So... Star Trek... Star Trek is happening. Like, oh, we're, we're, interesting. we're pushing See? towards that, for sure. So... Um, like I mentioned, you know, we've got SpaceX, we've got Blue Origin, we've got, you know, um, I feel like SpaceX is blowing them out of the water, man. They, you know, they've done so much stuff with their Falcon Heavy rockets and being able to reland and oh, 100%, them, dude. Making it like financially uh, capable. Yeah, SpaceX is the fucking shit, man. They've launched like 400 and something odd satellites so far for their for their uh um, yeah, when I first saw those, I thought that it was aliens because you could see them. They, they were all in a like row. They've... It was like one, two, three, four, and it was like fifty in a row. You know, like it was it was fucking nuts. Uh, the first time I saw it, me and Kristen both thought we were seeing. Yeah, aliens. it will create eventually a massive. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to be a massive interlink of satellites that will allow for. Um, high, um, high capacity broadband mm-hmm. internet around mm-hmm. the internet around the world. In anywhere and anywhere, which is awesome. That's that's huge. As long as you have power, you could get yep. Starlink internet, which kind of worries <laughs> me. Again, coming from a company yeah, that has wireless rural internet, they're going to be a major competitor. And you know, I don't know if we can compete with that or not. I mean, we're doing fiber optics with my company as well, and it still can't compete with fiber optics. But it's also we yeah, can't get true. fiber optics everywhere. They could get fiber optics anywhere on the face of the planet as long as yep. you can see the sky. You can get it. So all in all. The question is, will man ever see the stars, right? Will man ever travel outside of our solar system or yes. even to Alpha Centauri, which is in our solar system, you know, which, which is what, three point something light years away? No, it's, it's, no, 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 it's, it's the oh, next gotcha, closest gotcha. solar system. So will we ever travel to these places? My opinion, personally, yes, 100%. We are already, 
like I mentioned before, the internet has come from the 90s where it was a bunch of blogs and, you know, just like, well, truly what I've, from what I've heard, the internet started as porn in the army and then also was for uh, communications in the army. But from the 90s when people started having internet, you know, like think about car phones, right? You remember car phones where it was like, oh, look at this giant brick I have in my car. And now it's like we carry that shit in our fucking pocket every day, everywhere we go. Like technology is is rapidly, Mm -hmm. rapidly evolving. And so with the rate of evolution of technology and the fact that we're just constantly working towards this and and the fact that the government yeah you're right if the government gave this money we'd be on the moon government's not funding this but we have a bunch of private funding from billionaires like elon musk and jeff bezos and uh richard branson that it's fueling us moving into space and it's it's happening it's already happening we're already captain kirk just went to space in october this year like we're steps away from going to another planet. It's it's eventual, yeah. Yeah, we are steps away. But here's my here's my here's my counter argument to that. At the rate that we're developing technology, it is highly impressive. And assuming we can continue that same level of progress, we will get there. However, at on the same hand, we are expanding Earth's population at an at an exponential rate. At this point, I mean, in my lifetime, we've gone from six billion to eight billion people, and Fuck, again, dude, that you're right. exponential. That's, I mean, I, I don't know. Jump. Again, I'm not a statistical, but by the I was reading something by the year 2050, we'll have 25 billion people. That's more than three times the amount of yeah, people. Yeah, but that we're we also right now uh, okay. So happening on our Earth, and and things are getting more and more and more and more. Um, more and more heated with each other we're we're competing more for resources i mean i've even seen it in the last 10 years how much we've well, yeah but housing's housing constantly gone up let me let me interject here so just let, that let's talk alone. about the fact that you're, you're right we are going up in population and it is a scary thing but we're also looking at we're, we're 3d printing meat right now like we're we're very close to a replicator yeah, we're we're very close to a replicator. Too. We're we're so close. <laughs> we're know? close to a Star Trek future right now. Um, but we're three D printing meat. We are looking at um, you know, there's more vegan food that tastes and feels like meat. You know, like we're looking at alternatives. There's science is moving in a progression toward and 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 to be honest, yeah, we're in dire straits, obviously. But we always are as human beings. We always are. Think about it. We're either at war with somebody or. There's some kind of disease like the bubonic plague wiped out fucking like 80% of the people that it touched. And we're, we're sitting here wearing masks and f- freaking think, out about COVID. Uh, in all of and human like, history, not that many people are dying. Like we're, we're resilient I as a race. We're resilient, but at the same time, man, I mean, you look at like something like how many billions of people did World War II oh, yeah. kill, you know? And that's like they had nowhere near the technology we do now. Like if we wanted to kill billions, we'd have no well, problem I mean, doing that. Psychologically, uh, you know, that's we my would, point. Though. Is now in today's day and age, a war like World War Two in today's day and age would be mm-hmm. vastly more devastating. Yeah, you know, and we have the ability to do that, dude. It, 
just even if one country that has nuclear weapons launched all their nuclear weapons at once, it would wipe out. The well, yeah, that was the whole idea of Y2K is that all the nukes like, were going to go off and we would all die. But. Yeah, it was one of those weird conspiracy theories, you know, and that was one of the things, too, like during the uh, the the Cold War and Kennedy, his whole like our po- United States policy at that time with the whole like um, the Cuban Missile Crisis and stuff and says, basically, if anyone launches a nuke at us, we will launch all of our nuclear weapons at once and we will wipe out every man, woman and child on the face of this planet. That was our policy. That was our deterrent for people attacking us. They're like, if you fuck us, <laughs> we're going to fuck everybody. You know, yeah, and that's a that that was our mentality, and that's you know, I think in a lot of ways still a mentality of a lot of places around the world, which it it sucks. It's scary that we have that kind of power, you know, and it's enough of a everyone is afraid of it enough that it hasn't happened yet. That's very true, but at the same time, I um. So my point, my point back that your your prediction is that we'll get there. My prediction is that we have the potential to get there, but our own hubris is going to keep us from doing so. I think that we have enough power and enough uh, enough destructive means that I think if we do end up getting there, it's going to be far, far past I don't, like our lifetimes. If we get lucky enough and we survive the destruction. Okay, so first off, I, I truly believe that it'll be within our lifetime, but I don't disagree that we may destroy ourselves. However... However, look yeah. at... I think we'll get to Mars in our lifetime. I, 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 oh, yeah, I, almost, sure. I almost guarantee we'll get to Mars outside of our well, that's solar system. Yeah, we another, might not see that in our lifetime because that's, that's light another. years. That's literally like the closest one is what? 3.6 light years, which is 40,000 years for the fucking Voyager to hit. Like it's... Yeah, well, the Voyager they launched in like what? The 70s? Yeah, but it's not like, like it's going slow. time ago. Maybe in the 90s. And it just... I remember like a few years ago reading the articles about when it was it was just on the edges of our solar system and leaving um, operational range. They couldn't communicate it with anymore, you know, and it just left our solar system. It took it like 30 years to do that. And it was going fast. I mean, it was going like how fast does Voyager travel? You should look that up. Uh, I have it here somewhere. It was going like 30,000 miles an hour. Voyager. Some, some crazy shit like that. Um, it's currently traveling out of the solar system at 14.3 kilometers per second. 30. Or about 32,000. Yep. Or oh, 38,000 okay. miles per hour. But that's what, that's the, that's the fit. Yeah. The figure I also, you're, you're, you're living in the past here, that's man. Um, fast, 1977 man. <laughs> is when it was launched, but August, 2012 is, um, when it yep. crossed into interstellar space, when it left our solar system. So that was nine years ago. That was like when we were living together in college that it, it left our solar system. Yeah, me too. Yep. Yeah. I do remember seeing that and that was an, but it's still, it's still, it took it almost 30 years to do that. It took mm-hmm. it 25 years to leave the solar system at 38,000 miles an hour. So, well, I mean, we, my point is, is we have to develop new technology to get there mm-hmm. that oh yeah but but that's but that's once again creating that's a ship that moves into star trek of territory of like creating that warp drive we're not that far off from it and and there's scientists that believe that it's not impossible to create something like that that can and to be honest i mean look at you know um uh fucking roswell new mexico and like area 51 and stuff it's it's already something we're working on 
We're working on bending space and time to move faster through it. it. We just don't have the... We as civilians don't have the clearance to know about the technology that we have, but we already have more advanced technology than the planes and the trains and the automobiles that we take. You know? Like... Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's a, it, I, I mean, only time will tell, you know, yep. which of us is right, you know, and I, I no, you don't. You're, you're right. a fucking Quite fatalist. Frankly, that's, that's when I keep saying I have hope. <laughs> I hope I am a fatalist, but I do have hope that I'm incorrect. I hope that I'm wrong and that my kids get to see that future and their grandkids, their kids get to see that future and so on and so forth. But we'll see. We will see. I think, I think there has to be. Like we talked about earlier in the episode. Well, I, I mean, like you said, we're we're on the breaking point of nuclear war of, you know, like we may not be at physical war with anybody right now, but we're at cyber war with everybody. Everybody's trying to hack everybody. And it's it's just a fucking it's a nightmare. So we're we're on the brink constantly. And mm -hmm. it's only a matter of time until something happens. But I do believe mm -hmm. that there will be people that survive. Like, look at um, Fallout, which is obviously a fictional universe. But the idea of Fallout is that nuclear war happens and some people survive. And then there's some people on the surface that survive as ghouls. Right. But here's my here's here's my point. Ex yeah, exactly. My uh, but my point is is at that point are they in any position in that? And for example, in the Fallout universe. At that point, that sets progress back, you know, however many years. It just becomes a fight to survive at that point. So they're in no position to kind of create the means of space travel. No, they're point. not. And, and but at the same time, future it would take it would take hundreds of more years to get back to like a societal standpoint where we can pool resources in order. to I disagree. That See, because this is this again. is the idea of Star and Trek. At that point, are we are we coming back into a cyclical motion? We're coming back to a cyclical motion there where we are now when society progresses again to that point. But you're assuming are we that when kill each other the nuclear again? war happens, you're assuming that when this war that happens, is human nature. that it will knock out all of technology and uh, knowledge. That's not going to happen. It's not the Library of Alexandria. Like, it's not just no, going to fucking a lot of it will, I think a lot just of it disappear will... into nothingness. Like, we have this knowledge... We'll lose a lot no, of progress. But we will lose. We'll we'll yes. probably lose a lot 100%. of the people. But at the we'll same time, it doesn't it take set it back, a thousand people we to create a rope right. drive. We'll, it takes we'll one. It, it takes Edison making the light bulb. It, it just takes one person making it correct. It takes Zephram yeah, exactly. Cochran, Zephram man. Cochran will make the 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 warp drive, <laughs> and somebody else will make a. And Vulcans will come to our planet and Dude, tell straight us up, we should be vegans. We're so we'll close to replicators. That. Like, we are so close. And, and that's my idea. I My my political idea of what thing... You know, I'm not a libertarian. I'm not a fucking Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I am a post-scarcity socialist. I believe in Star Trek future. And post-scarcity means we make a replicator and nobody goes hungry ever again. That's that's the, the reality of the world that we're in right now. Yeah, we are that would so be close that to would, that. And if we make that... That would be like yeah. the technology it would take, yes. But you know, I, part of me worries too. Again, because we talked about human nature, and that if we expanded, we'd eventually end up being at war with each other. We talked about that. So if we have the ability to create replicators, not only could we replicate yep. food, but we could replicate weapons. Well, yeah, we could replicate we anything. Could, but like, you know, okay, we could we could replicating weapons doesn't you know, make them and, more available. Here's, They're here's already a, more you know the teleporters in Star been. Trek. You know, here's my thought too. I always thought that you know Star Trek. 
they underutilize their technology. For example, you know, if they always come across, you know, enemy starships and things like that, why don't they just replicate a fucking bomb and then just teleport it they have into their That's, ship instead it's of like the plot line to an episode? You know, they could have, they could do. I'm sure it is, but they don't. They don't utilize. There's so many times I'm just like, why don't you just teleport? Well, yeah, but hindsight's 2020, man. Like, think about, think about. <laughs> you know, they don't. Do okay. Also, that. they're the Federation. They're they're, they're the they're good not, guys. They're not, they're not, not just going to do that. Star, yeah, Starfleet is not warmongers. But think about. Yeah. Exactly. Starfleet's but think not about like to be warmongers. They try current to times. We look back and it's like, why didn't we do this? Why didn't you know? We look at the the two towers from 9/11 and it's like, why didn't we build the infrastructure better? Oh, because it was cheaper at the time. And we never thought that planes would run into the fucking building. So, you know, <laughs> hindsight's always twenty twenty, And yep. in the moment, sometimes you just don't think about that shit. And the Federation should be good guys. Well, yep. let me just let me just tell you. I know. Uh, well, with all this, I'm going to say, uh, why don't uh, I was gonna say to our listeners, why don't you go ahead and send us your your theories on this to uh, tigerhooch at gmail.com or hit us up on our Instagram which is Tiger Hooch Podcast. I don't know what what is it at Tiger Hooch Podcast. Whatever. Tiger Tiger Hooch Podcast at Tiger Hooch Podcast. Uh, podcast. Oh God! See now uh, these Bloody Marys are getting. Yeah, me. I got three ten percent Bloody going. Marys in me. I'm day. feeling good. Um, with that, I think we and you were worried about me because I wasn't talkative oh, this yeah. morning. I think we're about to. I now think we I can't shut up, up, which is normal. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Good, 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 good. That's uh, that's what I was hoping for. So hey, uh, you guys, this has been a pleasure. This is why I wanted to do this topic. It is such a, it's a fun one to kind of spitball on. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, listening to this as much as I enjoyed talking about it. And uh, next week we'll probably be coming back with uh, something else. I don't know. Please, if you have suggestions, please, again, and thank go ahead you, especially with those Tiger drinks. Hooch, I want to see things I've never tried or at. Tiger I've actually Hooch never podcast. had a Bellini. I just know what it is. Oh, me too. Me too. I'm all about. So. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and yeah, send us some suggestions. I'm all about it. Um, until next time, this has been I'm Tiny Tiger. Tiger. I'm going to leave you with this, I'm all right? Rich. My very energetic mate just swam under North Pier. My very expensive monkey jumped softly mm. underneath pillow or underneath Pluto. What? See, you can't use the planet name in oh, this doing now. Oh, fun God. little game. You can't just say Pluto as Pluto. That's fucking stupid. My very early morrows just suited Uncle unless Ned you, unless, perfectly. Okay, unless what? It, uh, I'll say I'll, I'll give you this though. What if you did like one of these where it was like Mickey as Mercury, and then it ends up with <laughs> that's a little different. As the that's last a little one different, there, and then I it like becomes that. like a Disney reference. All right, I'm gonna leave you with uh, one more. All right, the last uh, one on here. My yeah, very enormous monster. Right. <laughs> wink, wink. Just sucked up. <laughs> wink, wink. Nine planets. <laughs> <laughs> my very enormous monster just sucked <laughs> oh, up nine planets i like it i like it god i like that one that's my favorite all right till next time yeah have a great yeah. one thank you Thanks and good more <laughs> yeah, good morning